With Father's Day around the corner, Loren, right now we want to have a conversation about masculinity. Yeah, and the message from our next guest is this, quote, masculinity is a bias. This Father's Day, let's broaden our thinking on what it means to be men. And in that post, you're being encouraged to share stories, photos of men as nurturing, empathetic, warm, and open about their feelings. And of course, Brett, the goal is ending toxic masculinity, which we see and talk about uh, throughout society. Our guest is psychologist Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman. Good morning, Raymond. Good morning. So you've launched this social media campaign, the hashtag masculinity is a bias, with a number of different thought-provoking messages. So why don't we start with that hashtag? What does it mean to say masculinity is a bias? Well, it means that the way that we look at men and masculinity in our society, it is based on a bias. We have an expectation of stereotypes of what we expect men and boys to do. And the sad part is that we, we, we're we not happy with toxic masculinity, but we don't tend to change our bias about what we expect from men and boys. And so the goal here is to start to sift how we talk about men uh, in our society, particularly, you know, coming up with Father's Day, we don't, we don't share our random images of, you know, a quote, hashtag angry dads, <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, the random fishing trip. Men are much more complex than that, and we need to start talking about them in the more softer and more nuanced ways to, to kind of end toxic masculinity. Give me some examples of what you mean by that, you know, if I'm out there listening about what I might not see as toxic, because I think that's where it starts, Raymond, right? Like, we don't necessarily recognize when we're using language or images or stories or whatever that fall into what might be this category of toxic masculinity? Well, if you think think about the, the traits, uh, the qualities we describe as both ma- masculine and feminine, and the things that are tied to masculinity, you know, are not necess- are all the things that we would tie to being toxic, like strong. You know, let's just talk about that. You know, uh, resilient. And then the softer qualities, you know, like empathic, warm, flexible. Men are those things too, but we we don't give room for men to have those things. We are doing better in society where we're getting, we're describing women in the more masculine terms when we think about leadership and growth. Um, but we don't do that with men. We don't do the opposite with us. We've come, a, we've come some ways in reviewing gender stereotypes for women. We still have a long ways to go. But men are still held to this account where they can't really be human. It's like this stereotype, you know. Um, and I and I don't think we pay attention to what men actually do in society, and so we devalue them. And of course, that leads to men being unable to talk about their feelings, um, men actually being who they really are. And we don't reward the good things; we tend to reward the stereotypes. And if we look at media all over the place, that's what we see. Well, and on the subject of toxic masculinity, I, mean, I think it's bad for a couple of reasons. One, if a, if a guy acts a certain way because he feels like that's what society expects of him or that's what his buddies expect of him and he's not necessarily being himself, that's bad. But two, you know, one of the, the common things that come out of this whole toxic masculinity thing is that guys will, will mock each other, uh, you know, like it happens on the golf course all the time. If you come up short on a putt, some guys, some guys will say, oh, way to go, Nancy. Uh, did, you, did you forget your purse? So so the, 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 the negative thing there is that because comparing you to a woman somehow makes you weak. Yes. You know, the, the thing is, Brett, is it's not, it, men do it to each other, but men also get it from their parents. They get it when we're boys. They get it from their partners. Um, 
there is no room for men to be soft. There's no room for men to be empathic. So we, we expect it of them, but then we don't reward it. And so talking about these examples, and that's where the campaign is asking people to actually share stories in a different light, helps us move the conversation in a different way. So men can be more like regular human beings. We have feelings like anybody else. You know, the presence of a particular gender doesn't remove that, that humanity from us. It's, it's an important conversation, too, in the lead up to Father's Day because of the stereotypes that would then exist in parenting, right? And I can think of yes. when my kids, I would say I'd be out somewhere. And I remember this one woman while I was shopping saying, oh, you must have, must be having a day off without your kids. And I was like, yep, they're with their dad. Oh, so good of him to babysit them. And I thought, he's not babysitting yeah. them. He's taking care of his own kids. But that was, yeah. I thought, a generational thing, right? Where decades ago, it really was the woman doing more at home. And now that's not the case, but we still find ourselves battling that idea of the roles, not just the roles as men and women, but the parenting roles. Yes. And so one of the things I released today was that men raise children beautifully. And I use a term that's normally ascribed to to women, right? Like beautifully, uh, you know, versus strongly or confidently. No, beautifully. And it isn't just a woman's job. But now, although we have moved towards this idea that men do do those things, they do child rear. This thing, we, we, there is an inadequacy that we tie them to that with, you know, like somehow they don't do it well. Oh, dad must have done this. You know, uh, there's a mess here. Dad didn't do this well. Uh, and that's not the case. I mean, from, from the men in my life and even the men that I work with, men are raising children in a very beautiful way as well, too. So and that, that goes to the example that, you know, when we finally do give men credit to do certain things, we still expect them to do it in a stereotypical way. And if you go to Instagram at 680CJOB and look at our story, you'll be able to see the message from our guest, masculinity is a bias. Psychologist Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman, we continue our conversation with you now, Raymond. And and many of the, you've got a whole bunch of great messages here. And one of them that I wanted to focus on next was uh, men are human. Humans have feelings. Feelings aren't feminine. Why do you think so many guys have a problem expressing their feelings? I think for a very long time, we've associated the expression of emotion with femininity. And so when men express their emotion, and and especially vulnerability, uh, they tend to be punished, not rewarded. And that starts to have very grave impacts, not just on their personal mental health, but on the well-being of society overall. Because if we say men contribute to about 50% of society, well, we need 50% of society to be talking more openly about mental health and their feelings. So what, where do we take that? Like, how, how do we change the conversation so that that happens more often? Because I still think the fallback, I mean, we always hope that the next generation is going to be better than the one that came before it, right? And so the idea about raising yeah. our kids to help them use better terms. But while we wait for that, we have a whole generation or generations of, of men out there and women who are still struggling with all the gender biases that are, are attached to identity. And so what do we do as adults to change that? Is it like being around the campfire and saying, no, no, like how are you feeling or getting those conversations going? You know, Yeah, the conversation is absolutely it. And I, one of the things is men will actually talk about their feelings when they feel like they have somebody they can trust. So these biases don't actually change reality, right? Like they don't actually change the experience of men. The experience of men is still the same. It's just they don't have a place to talk about it. So, I mean, as a psychologist, I will see, I see, you know, I remember having a, 
one of my colleagues said, do you just see men? And I'm like, no. And she's like, you know, every person I've seen on your waiting list or on your, in the waiting room has been men. This was like several years ago. I'm like, why didn't you pay attention to it? But there is a great need, and the need is certainly there. So the way to fix that is to be mindful of it because men are doing wonderful things, but we need to be able to talk about that because when we talk about it, we're rewarding it. And so when we reward different things, the things that are expressed are the nicer, kinder things. And that's how we shift that story. So being mindful about it and then taking action about it. And and I think, too, a lot of it might just have to do with the reactions one will get. Uh, and whether it's, you know, from if, if I, as a man, display emotion, I can get from both men and women. Like, I remember I was at... Uh, the, the play for Come From Away, and that's the story of how after, on 9-11, when thousands of people were uh, redirected to Gander, Newfoundland. And uh, it's a wonderful play. It's a great musical. And I was in tears almost the entire time, not because the whole thing was sad. It's a, just a wonderful story. But I was in, I'm, I'm sort of a happy crier too, so I was in tears because I just couldn't believe the talent on display. And I thought the music was great and the story was great. And then it was sad and it was just this... Roller coaster of emotions that had me in tears almost the whole time. And the, the woman I brought, who was my date, she at one point finally just looked at me and said, are you okay? And, but really what she was saying was, could you please stop it, you crybaby? And, yeah, and I felt yeah. silly. And that's exactly it. So uh, I'm going to look to women. Women have to take the responsibility in society. To be able to, you know, we expect men to be sensitive and caring, but then we don't reward those things. And, and your example, Brett, is a really good one. You know, the, the good thing is that, I mean, we have leaders in society. Brett, I'll look at you and I'll talk about Greg as well, too. Both of you talk a lot more about your emotions more publicly um, and, and mental health as well, too. And when we do that, we shift the narrative. But but even then we moderate it, right? We, we step it back a little bit. We'll give an example and we'll add bro at the end. You know, we'll give an example and we'll give a manly one. We sandwich it in between our concepts of masculinity. So that allows us to, you know, to be more acceptable. And so let's not sandwich the meat of, of who we are as people and the, the softness of humanity, uh, men included. And let's talk about what men can do really well that we tend to punish them for, I'd say. And then on that on the flip side of that, though, then then men have to be aware that when a woman is showing those emotions, because it can come back the other way, too, where, I, you know, I've had it said to me, if you're going to be so emotional all the time, I can't talk to you about these things. And I've had that said to me in the workplace. And I thought, I'm not being emotional. I'm telling you how I feel. So then I need to push back and say, no, sharing my feelings is not a bad thing in any sort of space. And so it just it's just that circular thing. It's a vicious cycle of the assumptions of how one is supposed to act and then how one is supposed to react to that based on what is supposed to be the norm. Well, well, Lauren, what you pointed is a very interesting example. When we have women in the workplace and in leadership, we expect them to take on masculine qualities. And that's, that's not what leadership is. That's not what growth is. That's not what work is. Um, so again, we are still review. What we are reviewing here is not really, uh, it is still masculinity. And, and it's this false perception that in order for us to move ahead, we need to be, quote-unquote, masculine. And that's not how we go ahead. There's a lot of research out there talking about how great leadership skills are tied to feminine qualities. What, what I'm trying to say is, why don't we just remove the concept of masculine and feminine and just talk about people? You know, because it doesn't matter what our gender is. What matters is, is the experience that we have. And if we talk about that experience, we get further. 
Raymond, thank you very much for starting this initiative. We, and thanks for talking to us about this this morning as we head towards Father's Day. Very thought-provoking and insightful, as always, sir. Thanks for having me. Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman is our guest. And once again, if you want to see one of the images, we have attached it to our 680 CJOB story. And then you can have a look at his profile and see the various other messages that he has been sharing over the past few days. And again, the hashtag masculinity is a bias. If you want to share a story of your own online, make sure you use that hashtag.